lifetime, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Good morning. Welcome back. You have survived it. You made it through the weekend. Congratulations. You get to get back at it. God is so very good, isn't he? We're going to have a great show lined up for you today. We're going to be talking about uh, science and faith. We're going to have a, a great guest on, a Dominican. Uh, you know, Adrian was involved. If it had to be Dominican, you know, he's the guy, right? Father Thomas Davenport. He has a PhD in physics, actually. And we're going to have a conversation about uh, science, philosophy, and theology, especially when it comes to the origins of life. We all know that there's a, a debate that rages, and it has for so many years, uh, on this subject. So uh, Father Thomas Davenport is going to be on to talk about that. Also in the program at 15 past this hour, Bishop Thomas John Paprocki from Illinois is going to be our guest. We're going to talk about Traditionis Custodis from a bishop's point of view. It ought to be very engaging conversation at 15 past the hour. But also in the program today, uh, Janice Valenzuela is our guest and our co-host and uh, the new person sitting in the, in the hot seat over there. Good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. How are you? I say guest because it's your first day, so yes. we'll 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 give you the proper grilling, and then uh, tomorrow you'll <laughs> you'll have the normal routine. But uh, thanks for being a part of the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, praise be to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got up a little earlier than normal, but not too early, I guess. Yeah, I was uh, a little bit earlier than usual, but. Uh, you know, it's all about forming new habits. So yes, praise be to God. Well, we're excited <laughs> to have you too. Uh, speaking of being excited, Adrian Fonseca is back on the show. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. You sound like you're just you're just waking up. Are you all right? Uh, absolutely. I'm. You know, just you know, <laughs> testing out the new t- new bed and all that jazz. <laughs> oh, that's right. You got a new place, a new apartment. Absolutely. How, how does it feel to be a free man? Uh, well, considering I'm stuck in a, in a uh, small apartment with three other guys, uh, it's great. It's wonderful. Well, um, oh, and today is my, uh, that? <laughs> is my buddy, uh, Deacon, um, Luis's birthday today. So happy birthday. Hey, Deacon congratulations, Luis Deacon Luis. Congratulations on surviving another year. Amen to that. Amen to that. All right. So, uh, also in the headline news, 21 dead in the uh, floods in Tennessee. Let's keep them in our prayers, of course. Uh, and then there were reports over the weekend that Americans were being uh, uh, beaten in Afghanistan, and that was confirmed today by Secretary of Defense Austin. He is, uh, is saying that they're having a difficult time over there. And there's been many reports as well of uh, murders taking place already in Afghanistan, so a lot of atrocities that need our prayers, and and, and there's a lot to jump into. So we're going to have uh, Bishop Thomas Paprakian, as I said, at 15 past the hour, Father Thomas Davenport at 35 past the hour. And then, of course, we'll do uh, breaking news and stories with Janice, and we'll have Saint of the Day and Gospel of the Day. All that coming up in this first hour. In the next hour, if you are at all able to join us, we would love to have you because we are going to play Fear and Trembling. And it'll be uh, Janice's first ever chance to play the game. And so that'll be fun. We have a new sponsor this week. In fact, it's going to be a a, a flag, a, a Vatican flag. We're giving away a Vatican flag this week thanks to Sanctus Company uh, for generously donating a 34-inch uh, Vatican flag. So uh, we're going to be looking forward to that for those of you who can join us in the next hour. So let's dive in and let's get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. 
Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Janice. Today's headlines um, come from The Hill. Uh, Pentagon ordered civilian airlines to assist in the Afghanistan evacuation. Catholic News Agency, Cardinal Burke is now off the COVID-19 ventilator and back in hospital room, family says. National Catholic Register, Christians fear for the state of religious freedom in Afghanistan. Afghanistan's Christian community is estimated to being between 10,000 to 12,000 people, is comprised mostly of converts from Islam, and is the country's largest religious minority group. Due to persecution, the Christian community remains largely closeted and hidden from the public eye. From Sunday Visitor, Bishop says U.S. government most urgently urgently act to relocate fleeing Afghans. A humanitarian crisis is developing developing in Afghanistan. The chairman of two U.S. bishops' committees called on the U.S. government to act with utmost urgency to resettle thousands of Afghan citizens entering the country under special immigrant visas. The U.S. government has said it would resettle up to 30,000 people who have applied for special immigrant visas or SIVs. And that's for your headlines for today. The saint of the day is Saint Rose of Lima. She was born on April 20th, 1586. Saint Rose of Lima was born Isabel Flores de Olivia on April 2nd, April 22nd, 1586, to a family of educated but impoverished Spanish immigrants in Lima, Peru. At her confirmation, she took the name of Rose because as an infant, her face had been seen as transformed into a mystical rose. She was pious from an early age, and at the age of five, she built a small chapel for herself in the family garden. When she made her first confession, she obtained permission from her confessor to make a vow of virginity. Rose had a strong devotion for Jesus and his holy mother, and spent many hours praying before the Blessed Sacrament. When St. Catherine of Siena, as her model, Rose fasted three times a week, offered up penances, cut off her beautiful hair, and wore coarse clothing. She frequently deprived herself of food, water, and sleep, and as a result of her exterior mortification, she had an interior mystical experience. For 15 years, she went through the dark night of the soul, and Rose worked hard to support her poor parents, and she humbly obeyed them, except when they tried to get her to marry. For 10 years, she fought them on this issue, as she had secretly taken a vow of virginity at the age of five. At the age of 20, Rose joined the Third Order of St. Dominic and thereafter increased her penances as well as her good works. She moved into a small hut in her parents' garden and served the poor and the sick in a makeshift infirmary. Our Lord frequently manifested himself to her, filling her heart with peace and joy, leaving her in ecstasy for hours. In her last long painful sickness, this heroic young woman prayed, Lord, Increase my sufferings, and with them, increase your love in my heart. Exhausted from her many penances, Rose died of a fever and paralysis at the age of 31. She was canonized in 671 by Pope Clement X and became the first American saint. 
Her feast day is August 23rd, although in Peru, they celebrate it on the 30th. She died on the 25th of 1617 at the age of 31, and according to legend, she accurately predicted the date of her death, and her funeral was a major event attended by all the city's authorities. She was beatified by Pope Clement IX in 1667 and, and canonized a saint by Pope Clement X in 1671. Saint Rose of Lima, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 23, verses 13 through 22. Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You lock the kingdom of heaven before men. You do not enter yourselves, nor do you allow entrance to those trying to enter. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You traverse sea and land to make one convert, and when that happens, you make him a child of Gehenna twice as much as yourselves. Woe to you, blind guides, who say, If one swears by the temple, it means nothing. But if one swears by the gold of the temple, one is obligated. Blind fools, which is greater, the gold or the temple that made the gold sacred? And you say, if one swears by the altar, it means nothing. But if one swears by the gift on the altar, one is obligated. You blind ones, which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? One who swears by the altar swears by it and all that is upon it. One who swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. One who swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who is seated on it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, avarice is, uh, Hadock says, is really the deal here. He says, avarice seems to have been the chief motive of the Pharisees in teaching this doctrine, since they taught that those who swore by the temple were guilty of no sin, nor under any obligation at all, whereas they who swore by the gold of the temple were bound to pay a certain sum of money to the priests by which they themselves were enriched. And you can actually see the formula uh, where one thing is fine, but the next thing, well, now that's going to require a fine. And uh, guess who who made out like fat cats in the fines? And so there's a real issue there. And it kind of reminded me of several things. Number one, it reminded me of our Lord and Savior uh, fashioning the whip and casting out the money changers in the, the court of the Gentiles. This weekend, I had an opportunity to uh, to give two talks at the Orange Texas uh, Catholic Men's Conference, and I had a fantastic time. It was such a great opportunity to be there. And I talked about that particular passage of our Lord having charity for those that would send uh, uh, Gentiles into this chaotic situation. But the money changing, the the marketplace, um, this was supposed to be a place of prayer, and yet they were crowding this and making it nearly impossible for these Gentiles to come to the house of the Father. And so, with great charity, he chastises them. Now, think about that for a second. With great charity, he says, woe unto you, to these Pharisees. Because the greatest, most charitable thing we can do for someone is to, is to uh, rebuke them from sin, because if you die in sin, you don't go to heaven. And we want everyone to go to heaven. 
So not standing by and just tolerating people's sins is not on the agenda of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Hadock would say, here our blessed Savior severely reprimands the hypocrisy and other vices of the scribes and Pharisees a little before his death to make them enter into themselves, you see, to make them contemplate what they are doing wrong and to hinder them from seducing others. Because what were they blocking? This, you know, cutting off the kingdom. They were blocking people from coming to Jesus, who is the kingdom incarnate, the word taken upon flesh. To block uh, anybody from him, this would be a horrible, horrible thing. Uh, Ignatius Catholic Study Bible points out that there are eight woes. uh, There's seven of them here. This first of seven woes in Jesus's denunciation of the Pharisees. He says he presents a covenant lawsuit against unfaithful Israel and pronounces woes as covenant curses upon the impenitent, the impenitent. He says in Matthew, the seven woes stand opposite the new covenant blessings in the Beatitudes. He also points out in the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible, we're talking uh, Dr. Hahn and and Curtis Mitch, uh, they point out the parallels to the Old Testament, likely in Leviticus 26, where God's promises to exact sevenfold vengeance upon the Israelites if they violate his covenant. Even Origen points out that parallel as well. So there's a lot of things you can dive into here. But I think most importantly is how you saw that the Pharisees were really twisting the law, the intent of the law given to Moses as a means of dealing with the, with the stiff-necked Israelites there in the wilderness, how it got twisted over those years, and how our Lord has come to untwist, to untie these knots, to make straight the path, to make it clear the way to salvation is through him. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we should heed these woes. We should truly heed these woes. And one more thing before we go to break. Didn't he say just a few chapters before this in Matthew 5, let your yes be yes and your no be no? Why are we swearing on gold, altars, temples, or anything else? I think our Lord warned us about swearing. And we should be uh, mindful of that as well. But charity Charity for the ardent sinner. Let someone speak up like John the Baptist did before it is too late for them. Where is the charity for souls? All right, we're going to go to break. We're going to come back. Bishop Paprocki is supposed to be our guest. We're going to be talking about Traditionis Custodis. There's a great article in the National Catholic Register uh, where he was interviewed. We'll have that conversation at 35 past the hour. Where is the uh, intersection of faith and reason, science, philosophy, and theology? In regards to the origin of life, all that is coming up next on Catholic Drive Time. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Glorianshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Glorianshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Glorianshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Glorianshine.com. Thank you again. There will come a day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. 
since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to have a conversation about faith, science, philosophy, and theology with uh, a Dominican, a, a priest, Father Thomas Davenport. He teaches at the Angelicum, and he has a PhD in physics. And uh, we're going to talk about the origins of life and, and so much more. All that coming up at 35 past the hour. There was uh, an article in the National Catholic Register. Bishop Paprocki of Illinois uh, was discussing traditionis custodis, liturgical unity. doesn't mean liturgical uniformity. It was a good interview, and it brought up a lot of interesting questions. And we wanted to have that conversation with the bishop. And he's supposed to be joining us. If he jump, does jump on, we will dive into that. In the meantime, I want to welcome back to the program, Janice. Janice, good morning to you again. Joe. You survived your first news break. I did. Yes, it was great. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I have a a saying when it comes to uh, making Mm -hmm. content, whether it's radio, new media, or whatever. uh, The first one is usually not awesome, but the hundredth one is amazing. So you're Mm -hmm. well on your way to to show 100. Yes, baby steps. Congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. Well, thanks be to God. Um, (laughs) There are a couple of stories that I do want to jump into. Um, and while we're waiting for Bishop Paparaki, uh, we can talk about Traditionis Custodis too, but let me mention a few of these first. 21 dead, scores missing after flash flood hits Tennessee. This is uh, another tragedy. kind of reminded me of last week. We were out four days last week, which was uh, very unusual uh, for us. We're never out. And, and so there was a lot of stories that broke that we didn't, we weren't around to cover. Um, mm. And one of them was the Haiti earthquake, and 2,000 people lost their lives. I don't know what the count is right now. Oh, what, what day was that? That the was, week? It was like last week. Um, I think it was, was it Monday or Tuesday. Oh, was it Tuesday? Of uh, last week. At any rate, um, but that story got quickly overshadowed by the Afghanistan story. Mm. And so, you know, 2,000 people losing their life, that's kind of a big deal, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate to see that. And then, uh, of course, the Afghan story broke and the tragedy of watching people fall from an airplane and clinging yeah. to the hope that they will not have to live under the tyranny of Taliban. Those mm-hmm. are terrible stories. So uh, when I saw this story over the weekend, you know, 21 dead, scores missing after flash flood hit Tennessee. Uh, this is out of the Epic Times. It says this, at least 21 people were killed and some 20 others missing after severe flash floods swept through Humphreys County in Middle Tennessee, authorities said. Quote, we've experienced devastating loss of life over the last couple of days, unquote. Grant uh, Gillespie, Waverly Police and Fire Chief, told reporters at a press briefing. He says, uh, uh, Gary Collier, public information officer for the county's emergency management, told the Epic Times that there are 21 confirmed fatalities and approximately 20 others missing. Earlier reports of 22 deaths were due to computer error. 
Uh, well, let's keep them in our prayers. Uh, devastating loss of life for that county. I, you know, I remember, were you here, uh, Janice, during uh, Harvey in this area? No, I actually was living in D.C. at the time. But oh, yeah. um, I have, I, I, I was born and raised in Houston. So um, when I was living in D.C., I had all of my family, my mom, my dad, my sisters, my um, uh, nephews and nieces all were living here during that time so i definitely and how do they fare was stay up to date uh thankfully they survived everything um it wasn't uh they didn't experience uh any like too uh, severe damage in their homes or in their personal lives it was just more of like like just living without electricity for a whole week and living without um basic uh goods because a lot of people didn't expect it to get that bad so it was pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, Adrian, how did you guys do? <laughs> oh, we were fine. Uh, praise be to God. We uh, we had no problems during Harvey. Everything, um, no flooding, no nothing. Our streets were flooded, of course. But other than that, we were fine. I think, if I remember correctly, that might have been the year. It was kind of a funny story. My buddies were over at my house to watch the uh, the fight that was going on that day. And because uh, we were all thought the, uh, really? the, the Harvey was just going to pass over, it was going to be no big deal, and they got stuck at our house. Wow! Uh, so I think that had, I do remember that. <laughs> I think that was Harvey. It might have been a different hurricane, but I'm barely certain that was Harvey. But I have good news. Yeah, Bishop Pop Rocky just. Uh, oh no, Father Thomas Davenport. <laughs> Never mind. I well, thought we'll, it was, we'll uh, talk to Father at 35 yeah. past the hour. You know, my family, our neighborhood flooded, and uh, in it didn't flood until the Monday after the storm. So it was mm-hmm. blue skies. It was sunshine and blue skies, and our neighborhood filled up like a bathtub, and we had to escape by boat. And uh, that was rather crazy, actually. It was very otherworldly. It kind of reminded me of watching those, uh, like, uh, the War of the Worlds kind of thing. It just it had this really otherworldly, you know, dystopian type of feel to leaving your neighborhood via boat. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like as Houstonians, uh, we probably have experienced more weather uh catastrophic events than well, any I don't other know. Alabama <laughs> Alabama has a tendency for tornadoes that are very serious I think it was mm. was it five or six years ago they had a very serious tornado that ripped through uh, central Alabama and I, mm. I, I want to say it was well over a hundred people died in that I mean it was oh, wow and even today when you go there you can actually see the path of that tornado it's still very evident that it just mm-hmm. cut a straight path uh, right through the, the hills and the woods, and, and it was pretty, in, pretty intense. So there are a lot of storms out there that uh, cause quite a lot of devastation, for sure, and we're going to keep everybody in prayer. Here's a cu- another article that uh, I found today. A- again, the Afghanistan story uh, touches me personally because of my family's service to our country in the military, and uh, to see... To see the desperation that so many people are going to be starting to uh, to face under this, and and this was a very concerning story. Um, you know, before they started to retake their country, Taliban was in China uh, negotiating with the CCP there. And here's another article in relation to that. This again by the Epic Times. Taliban praises the role of Beijing in Afghanistan. Uh, this is, should be a very concerning story. Over uh, uh, the end of last week and over the weekend. Uh, China was using using the Afghan story to threaten Taiwan. They said, see, look what happened to Taiwan. You're expecting uh, the United States to protect you, and you could end up just like the Afghans. Uh, and here's the kicker. 
the uh, CCP uh, have been persecuting the Uyghur Muslims now for years, putting them in concentration camps, uh, harvesting uh, their organs and more. It's a very tragic situation. And uh, here they are negotiating with the Muslims uh, the, under the Taliban in Afghanistan. Very, very concerning. Again, a lot to pray for. The good news over the weekend was Cardinal Burke was released from the ICU. And, uh, praise and God. Praise God for that. Yeah. He recovered. There was a lot of rumors that surrounded his... His, yeah, his state of the hospital, yeah. The uh, one thing was, uh, oh, but really quick about the Al-Qaeda. Tomorrow, we're actually having Robert Spencer on to talk about his uh, about Sharia law. So what what is Sharia law? Because we hear out of the Taliban, like, oh, oh my goodness, it's so great. The Taliban said that they're going to give rights to women as long as they follow Sharia law. And it's like, um, no. do most people not yeah. know what's no, the in stories Sharia are, law? The stories are already coming out about... Uh, about the uh, 10-year-old girls. Yes, uh-huh. but also uh, they have a hit list. We reported on this on Friday. They, have, they actually have intelligence. They have uh, a list of people that they are actively hunting. Mm-hmm. Afghan citizens who helped the coalition. Uh, they're hunting down Americans. They're hunting down all kinds of people. They're going door to door. And the mm-hmm. reports are, are, are insane. Just this morning, uh, Secretary of Defense uh, Lloyd Austin uh, confirmed that, in fact, Americans are being beaten by the Taliban in their door-to-door search. So uh, let's pray. Let's pray for everybody involved. Yeah, and then for Cardinal Burke, the thing that shocked me about Cardinal Burke, I mean, there was tons of, it was kind of surprising how many rumors there were surrounding Cardinal Burke. It's like, why is it such a big deal to most people? I mean, yes, I am a huge fan of Cardinal Burke, and I prayed for him, and I was very upset to hear that he was not doing well. But there was like, one day, he was like, everything's totally fine. The next day, he's on death's door, and it's like, wait, I'm confused. What's going on? I know. <laughs> but the thing that really yeah. shook me was that was the outrage against Cardinal Burke. There are many people who are like, good, he deserves to right. die. Yeah. And, uh, and I was shocked. Utterly insane. I had never seen so Utterly much vitriol insane. against a Cardinal of the church that was just... Yeah. That was just sick. It's yeah. not like he like, he's not he didn't uh, cause any abuses. He didn't do anything crazy. He was just sick because and he didn't want to receive the shot. Because he didn't want to receive the shot, and yeah. everybody was like, "Because but he didn't wh- receive the shot." Why did he want to receive the shot? Because he mm-hmm. he's anti science. No, no, not at all. Because of the connection to the abortion. Um, he, he, this is a major issue, and this is what gets me in the conversation. Uh, that uh, that the. the uh, there's so many people who shut the conversation down like as if it doesn't matter, as if that concern can be so easily dismissed. It can't be so easily dismissed. And to, and even still, what happened to love your enemies? Like, wh- where did that go? I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure our Lord said that someplace. Love your enemies. And even today in the gospel where he is rebuking the Pharisees, the woes, right? The famous woes. Well, it's at the end of the day, that woe is an act of charity to say, wake up, wake up. Wake up. There's an opportunity here for conversion. There's an opportunity here for repentance. There's an opportunity here for reconciliation. Uh, It's a great act of charity. And yet in the conversation, especially as we saw unfold with Cardinal Burke, you know, there is just uh, vitriol. I I reposted an article from Phil Lawler from Catholic Culture talking about how the Vatican recognizes uh, uh, religious objections to certain things like the shot. And um, and someone posted, commented on my Twitter thing. Well, it, you know, basically, you have an, a malformed conscience if you think that that you are not allowed somehow to object to to these things under uh, a religious exemption. Uh, but you, there's no possibility you could have a proper formation if that's your take. And I just I shook my head at that and went, 
you know, there's so many Catholics that are very concerned over the use of aborted uh, fetal tissue uh, in the development of these vaccines, whether e- whether it was for testing or in the actual development. Either way, we don't want any part of that. We just don't. And uh, and not that we're on the other side. I don't I don't hunt people down and give them a hard time if they've gotten the shot. I don't I don't give anybody grief about that. Why is it the reverse though? I think that's the real question. And it was sad to see that play out with Cardinal Burke. But I am gr- grateful. Praise God, he's he's out of the ICU, and hopefully on his way to recovery. I'll, I'll, and hopefully, hopefully most people will be in that situation that find themselves in, in hospitals. I do hope and pray that they will recover. Very well. What else is going on over the headlines? I know there's, um, there's one thing that just came up right now. I just saw uh, about 50 minutes ago. Pope Francis has today accepted the resignation of Monsignor Xavier Novel Goma, 52, mm. as Bishop of Sosona, Spain. This comes after months of pressure from LGBTQ groups in Spain after the bishop said sodomy is a crime and that abortion is a genocide akin to the Holocaust. Wow. Mm, very interesting. Um, uh, I would... Look to see if I can find an article on that, but that's what I just saw that come up right now. thought that was interesting. You know, uh, I'm not sure why Bishop Pabraki wasn't on. We did confirm it with him, but uh, hopefully who, he, he can get him on maybe tomorrow or something, and we can have the conversation. The National Catholic Register article on Traditionis Custodis was very, very interesting because the bishop himself, you know, he, uh, he, he, he took a very interesting take on this. He did give dispensation to, his, to those communities within his diocese to continue to celebrate the, uh, the Latin Mass, praise be to God for it. But he also uh, took issue with the, the supposed idea that uh, Catholics who embrace the tradition of the church are somehow um, schismatic or anti-Vatican II. He also took exception to uh, tradition, traditional thinking that the Pope was out to cancel the tradition, tradition form of the Mass. We were intending and hoping to have that conversation with the bishop. As I said, I'm not sure why he didn't join us, but hopefully we'll get him back on tomorrow and we'll have that. But you can find his interview posted at the National Catholic Register at ncregister.com. Coming up after the break, we're going to have a conversation about uh, science and faith, reason and theology. Don't go anywhere. Are the biblical miracles too far-fetched to believe? Dead people rising, blind people seeing? How can a rational person believe such things? Well, it might seem irrational to believe relative to our general background knowledge, but relative to specific evidence, the obstacle of improbability can be overcome. For example, it's improbable for someone to rise from the dead. But if there were credible eyewitness testimonies, as in the case with Jesus, then belief would be rationally justified. Second, many skeptics often don't consider the improbability of the reported miracle being false. With regard to Jesus' resurrection, it's unreasonable to believe the apostles died for what they knew to be a lie, or that many different people had the same hallucination at the same time on different occasions. So miracles are not too far-fetched to believe if there is sufficient evidence to justify belief. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janice Valenzuela, and here are your headline news. From the blaze, at least 21 dead, 20 missing, and unbelievable Tennessee flooding. A preliminary rainfall total of 17.2 inches was measured in Tennessee this past weekend, Saturday, which would break the all-time 24-hour rainfall record for the state of Tennessee, according to the National Weather Service. From Catholic News Agency, the archdiocese of both Philadelphia and Chicago have instructed their clerics not to assist parishioners seeking religious exemptions from receiving the COVID-19 vaccines. From Catholic News Agency, Campaign for Legal Euthanasia Assisted Suicide Takes Step Forward in Italy. Campaigners in Italy have passed the first hurdle in effort in efforts to legalize euthanasia, assisted suicide. Both assisted suicide and euthanasia are illegal in Italy, where the criminal law says anyone who causes the death of a man with his consent is punished with imprisonment for from 6 to 15 years. From from National Catholic Register, Christians fear the state of religious freedom in Afghanistan. Afghanistan's Christian community is estimated between 10 to 12,000 people and is comprised mostly of converts from Islam in the country's largest religious minority group. Due to persecution, the Christian's community remains largely closeted and hidden from the public eye. And lastly, from Sunday Visitor, the bishops say U.S. government must urgently act to relocate fleeing Afghans. Quote, a humanitarian crisis is developing in Afghanistan. The chairman of two U.S. bishops' committees called on the U.S. government to act with utmost urgency. And I'm Janice Valenzuela, and these were your headlines for today. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Janice, for keeping us up to date. I want to remind our listeners, if you are able to join us in the next hour, we would love to have you. We're going to bring uh, Janice into the Fear and Trembling Game Show for the first time ever. And prizes are at stake, and you could win, dear listener. All you have to do is uh, be our contestant. I'll give you the rules and how it all works uh, in the next hour for those of you that are able to join. But don't forget, you can always watch live right on our website at GRN online.com forward slash cdt uh praise be to god joining us right now via zoom chat is father thomas davenport he teaches at the angelicum he has a phd in physics and uh, we're very excited to have you on the program good morning to you father thomas thomas davenport good morning thanks for having me yeah praise be to god uh, i want to talk about uh, uh the intersection of uh, science and and reason philosophy and theology especially when it comes to to the origins of life. Um, you know, a PhD in physics, my favorite subject, or, or not favorite subject, my favorite science in school was was physics. It was always so much fun until I went to college and took physics there. And then it wasn't fun. It was work. And, uh, so getting <laughs> yeah, a PhD. I, I think there's, um, there, there's, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's not for everybody. I'll give you that. Uh, and, and, you know, some people, it's like, you know, the high school physics is what they love. Uh, and that leads them into engineering or yeah. computer science or applied math. So, um, I don't know. I just I just kept going with it, and and I and I never quite hit that wall. I just kept kind of diving in deeper and deeper into the mysteries of nature, and it was it was a beautiful thing. Yeah, Amen. Praise be to God. Uh, but the topic of the origins of life it's it's an ongoing battle, I think, amongst uh, uh, people of faith uh, because we seem to have these uh, dichotomies set up, these these contrasts. You either believe mm-hmm. in science or you believe in faith, and 
and sure. it's the intersection I think we're looking for. But uh, one of the things that I think has become so obvious in our time, and even going back to the time of Darwin, um, is the religion of science. Oh, sure. No, I, I, I guess, I mean, maybe just to clarify, what do you mean by that? I guess, I mean, there's, I think there's two ways you can talk about that. One is the religion of science in the sense of the fact that so many scientists over the course of history, starting from the, the time of, uh, of, of, of Newton and the scientific revolution, were themselves religious. And in fact, saw what they were doing as part of their their understanding and coming to know and worship God. And that's that's started from the beginning and is carried through to till, till today. I mean, if you look at the Society of Catholic Scientists, it's a new organization. There are thousands of members of professors and, and professional scientists who are Catholic who, you know, uh, believe the faith. So there's that aspect of the religion of science in the sense that there are ways in which science can and should build up and support our understanding of God. On the flip side, or the negative side, perhaps what you were leading at, is that there are some people who, um, if all you have is science, if all if that is the highest form of reason you can come to, then it becomes the the mode through which you see everything and takes the place of what ends up uh, what the proper place of the understanding of religion, worship of God, and coming to know and love Him. If if all you have is the the science as the only thing you can trust in, then it starts to take on roles that it was never meant to. It starts to take mm-hmm. on roles that properly correspond to uh, to to our, our our worship and understanding of God. You know, Father, I was uh, talking with someone recently, and we were discussing the uh, about sex work. And the weird people were arguing, oh, you know, sex work isn't real work. And people were saying, oh, well, tell me why, without using morality and without using religion, explain to me why uh, sex work is not uh, is a bad thing. Explain to me why. Who does it hurt? And the problem is like a very fundamental misunderstanding of the uh the limits of things of of everything without being able to speak to different things without using morality or religion could you speak about the divorcing of science and uh religion and say oh you can't use science you can't use religion is in your bedroom but you can't bring that Mm -hmm. into the field of science you can't bring that into the field of morality you can't bring that into other things Sure. I mean, I think there there are there are times and places where it's good to to divide you know divide different disciplines. To um, there are times when it's uh, appropriate to bring things like scripture and revelation into a conversation, and times when it's it's helpful to set that aside. Not to say that we you know we we ignore it and and we negate it, but there are times when it's just useful to look at things at the natural level, whether in philosophy or in science. I mean, I don't think that. My belief in God and my love of our Lord Jesus Christ changed the way that I solved equations in physics. It didn't change the way that I wrote computer simulations for how to, you know, to, 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 to simulate a particle collider. Um, but there are ways in which if we divorce it so much that we think that, okay, if, if we divorce it in the sense that let's see every, like, pretend as if science is going to tell us everything or, or believe that science is going to tell us everything, and that's the only means on which we can have a conversation – there are just aspects of reality that science was never meant to address. Mm-hmm. Science was never meant to address, um, you know, how it is that that spouses come to know and love one another. Like mm-hmm. science was never meant to address how, what it means to fall in love. Science was never meant to address the the beauty and order of poetry and art. Um, it can help. It can support those things, but it was never meant to be the the explainer of everything about human experience, let alone when we reach out beyond the natural order and start thinking about questions about God and our faith. 
And so if we if we divorce it in such a way as saying, let's let's only talk about science and yet try to apply that to regimes that science was never intended and is not not built to, to, to grapple with, we're going to get confused answers. So, Father, can we let we should take a step back then and say, what is what is science exactly? Because, you know, we kind of I have heard this this phrase coined and I thought it was brilliant. So I use it all the time now. It's a there is the science capital S trademark over the E. And then there's what science really is in the, in the reality. Um, so you have the the industry science. This is everyone's required wow. to believe it. It's standard. But what exactly is science? No, I think generally speaking, yeah, when science gets capitalized, it gets a big of the problem. It just in the sense that just to say the question you asked is a very it's it's a difficult question, right? What exactly do we mean by science? And that the, the definition, the understanding has changed over time. But broadly speaking, what science is, science is a process by which we come to study and understand the natural world. How it is that we find the, um, the order and, and structure of the physical world and come to uh, understand how to, like how it works and how we might be able to interact with it in more complicated and, and, and uh, important ways. Um, it's a process that leads to knowledge um, sometimes people think of science as just like this big mass of information. And properly speaking, science is a process by which we come to know the truth. We come to know the truth about the natural world. And we've learned a ton uh, uh, since the, the scientific revolution about how the natural world works. But I think sometimes when it gets shifted into this sort of capital S science in the sense that um, there is some set of dogmas that is science, perhaps, um, and particularly when we start trying to incorporate things that we're still working on, you know, things that are like cutting edge science is not settled. It's something that like, there's a reason that we put so much effort and time into it because we're still figuring out uh, the truths about physics and chemistry and biology on that cutting edge. Hmm. And if we start to think of those as settled dogma, we get into problems on all sides. So, with that, so I think there's a way in which we think if we understand science as a process that leads to truth and has brought us to truth and yet. Most of what scientists, you know, most of the work that scientists are doing is still unsettled in the sense that we're, we're, we're getting better and better knowledge, but we're still working. On it. We're that, still in a process of understanding and learning. That's an interesting point because that comes up all the time. We're talking with Father yeah. Thomas Davenport. He uh, teaches at the Angelicum. And uh, the settled science, we hear that thrown at us all the time. It's like, uh, don't question, just accept because it's settled science. And yet... Yeah. How settled can science really be? Well, so this this is this is a debated point and 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 a little bit of a like you know, we have uh, we have about a minute till we go to break and we can continue okay. after. I, I guess um, yeah. So I guess I w- what I would say is I think there are things that we know for certain based off of science, but it's usually not as much as people think. Um, but it's it's it's. Well, I guess you say it's it's not as much and probably somewhat more than people think. All right, hold that thought. Way. Hold that thought right there. That music <laughs> means we got to go to break, and we'll, we'll, it's a cliffhanger, right? Uh, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll loop it up on the back side of this break, and we'll come back with Father Thomas Davenport. He's got a Ph.D. in physics. We're talking about that intersection of faith and reason, philosophy and theology, and how it affects us, especially when we talk about things like the origins of life or... Uh, I don't know, global warming. I don't know. All of that coming up right after this break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that most people think that rules apply to others but not to themselves? They always consider themselves to be the exception. But what ends up happening is that everybody is an exception, and so the rules don't apply to anybody. 
The result is something worse than chaos. It's a loss of all the categories of respect and justice. G.K. Chesterton says that when the exception has become the rule, that is the worst of all possible tyrannies. When the Cardinal, formerly known as Ratzinger, gave his final homily before the papal conclave, he said, We are living under the tyranny of relativism. What is relativism? It's when there are no rules, only exceptions. The man about to become Pope was echoing Chesterton exactly. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Uh, Father Thomas Davenport is our guest. He is a Dominican teaching at the Angelicum. Praise be to God. He's got a PhD in physics. Uh, you know, I was uh, thinking about um, St. Augustine and his commentaries on Genesis. I remember mm-hmm. uh, being asked years ago uh, whether or not, as a Catholic, I thought Genesis was uh, a, a textbook. And mm. I'm like, no. I said that the point to Genesis was not to tell us how uh, creation came about, but why creation came about, yeah. and uh, and this and to point towards the salvation of mankind. And um, but I think about Saint Augustine and his commentaries on on Genesis, and he would say, sure. if you think there is a uh, discrepancy between what we find in nature and what we find in Revelation, then you don't understand Revelation. <laughs> and uh, I was always uh, profoundly uh, impacted by. By that, and I guess sure. the, the point is, the guy who inspired uh, Revelation is the guy who breathed creation into existence. Uh, what say you, Father Thomas Davenport? No, absolutely, and I think that's that's a great point uh, to bring about. I think Augustine is, is is a fascinating person on this very question about um, uh, the relationship of, of Revelation and nature, and specifically about Genesis chapter one. I mean, it's a funny thing. Sometimes I think, from our modern perspective, we think that. Um, there was one way to think about reading the scriptures and particularly reading Genesis uh, from, you know, from, from the time of the Jews up until right around Darwin came along. And then, then things got messy and hard. But in fact, if you look at the first century of the church, I mean, the church fathers are debating very a, a lot about what's going on in Genesis. And Augustine himself is extremely concerned about this. I mean, he had this, he came from a Manichaean background where he thought that, na- that, that the physical world was evil. And so he had to convince himself and understand how is it that God could create things good. And and so he spent a lot of time looking at Genesis because of where he came from. And if you read his literal commentary on Genesis, um, it doesn't, it's, it's, it, it's literal. He's trying to understand the letter and what, what the scriptures are telling us, but it's also very, uh, it's, 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 it's very poetic in certain ways. Um, he doesn't think of the seven days as seven 24-hour periods. He doesn't actually think of it as progression of time at, at, at all. He's a very nuanced way that he's reading Genesis oh, throughout the course of his, uh, his writings. And, and he lays a foundation for how to approach Scripture and approach the relationship of the natural world and Scripture. Because he himself is trying to take 
the best philosophical and, and scientific understanding of nature uh, of his day and apply it to the scriptures in a coherent way. Mm. Uh, Father, the there was uh, the one of the catalysts for me reaching out to you was I was having a great conversation with uh, my cousin about the origins of life, and mm-hmm. I was making the point of uh, you know the Latin expression "nemo dat quod non habit" you cannot give what you do not have, and I was making the point because we were having discussion about alien life, uh, life on other planets, <laughs> and I was making the point, oh well, you know, I mean, technically, I guess it's it's a logical possibility that life could be on other planets, but purely from a scientific perspective, I don't think that life can occur on its own because life cannot come from non-life being cannot come from non-being rationality cannot come from non-rationality without the uh without the influence of god just interacting uh so i wanted to lead that into a conversation about the origins of life father what's what do you say (laughs) well okay so i'm a physicist i'm not a biologist so i wouldn't i mean i'm not an expert on uh the details of the origin of life um it's something i'm very fascinated with and it's something i've read a lot about and asked a lot of scientists about uh, and I think there's 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 strong you know different opinions about how to think about what's going on here. Um, I mean, there are scientists I know who. So first off, to say there is no um, settled story about how exactly you get from uh, you know sort of very complicated chemicals to actual living beings like singular cell organisms. And I've heard scientists make really strong claims saying like there just seem to be very difficult just on the level of science, how do you get from this collection of chemicals to this particular organization of a cell for various reasons? Um, And so I think there are just scientific questions that come in there um, about is it, uh, would it necessarily be possible to even get from that state to another, from this state of um, uh, a a complicated chemical mixture to a, a living organism. Now, there are scientists who are convinced that there's a way to bridge that gap. And I'm not an expert there, and so I have a hard time jumping into that. But I think one thing to say is that I think there are um, – it's important at times to as, – as a sort of philosopher and a scientist to recognize what is the relationship between these questions. Because some of the arguments you made about, okay, um, life can't come from, non, from, from non-life or, or rationality from non-rationality, I think there's, there are like important philosophical questions to be had there. But those are different questions too. Um, there definitely is the case, you know, just the, the, the phrase, which does come out of kind of the scholastic tradition, you can't give what you don't have, mm. is true to a certain extent, but, under, but, but it turns out that things are a lot more complicated than we all sometimes realize. I mean, in a lot of chemical processes, right, we get things that we didn't start with out of stuff that wasn't there, right? So, you know, you bring together hydrogen and oxygen, you light it on fire, and you get water. Right. You didn't have water when you started with, but you end up with this new thing coming out of what was there before. What it is is rooted in what was there before. Like the fact that you have water is rooted in the fact that you had hydrogen and oxygen and you had some sort of catalyst to bring it about. Um, which is to say that I think uh, I'm not I, I guess my opinion on whether it's possible philosophically for life to come from non-life. I've kind of gone back and forth on that a little bit scientifically about like what would the actual process look like i think that's still not a, a far from settled question and i know very good biologists who think that honestly this probably like there probably isn't a a, a, a natural explanation um but i am not i'm not a biologist so i don't have a sort of strong settled opinion on that i also think of the conversation god had with job 
You know, were you were you there when I set the foundations no, no, in place? Like uh, I I love that passage because I I think he he really addresses the Lord really addresses with us the limitations of our ability to understand and fathom the mysteries of God and how He would create mm-hmm. the, the known universe, and yet it seems to be built into uh, the heart of every person uh, this desire to know. This, this want to know, to climb the mountain we've never climbed, to go to the depths we've never yep. gone to, or now to explore space around us. And I would like to ask you a little bit about that because, um, like, for instance, the, the conversation around Elon Musk wanting to colonize Mars, um, how could we as Catholics uh, participate in that, knowing we might be separated from the sacraments for so long? Questions like that come up in my mind. Uh, what say you, Father Thomas Davenport? Well, that's um, that's a good question. I, I think. I mean, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, as, as so, uh, I hadn't thought about it in that context specifically. I mean, I, um, I I I love the Earth, and I'm very familiar with it. Uh, and the <laughs> idea of living on another planet, where where the smallest little detail could could lead to catastrophic failure, you know, that, that worries <laughs> right. me a little bit. I mean, I love The Martian; it's a great movie, but it freaks me out too. Which is um, a, a real quick, but, which is uh, a funny point for me because I think, I think, I mean, as Catholics, I think there's a there's a balance to be had there, right? I mean, there yeah. is a role for us to play in expanding human understanding and expanding human um, activity and our like where it is and what we're doing on a scientific level, on an engineering level, and even on a level of exploration. Um, with the understanding that there are times when that might limit us from certain things. For instance, when, when we travel to the new world, for instance, right? It was actually, um, while there were priests on board the ships on the way to the new world, they were not allowed to celebrate mass on those ships because it was too unstable. They were worried about um, uh, the, 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 uh, the chalice, the precious blood, um, uh, the body of Christ, uh, 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 falling through the cracks or, or, or some sort of problem there. So they were actually not allowed to celebrate mass for the months it took to get to the new world. Yeah. Um, even the priests themselves were, were not allowed to celebrate the mass, celebrate the mass because of that worry about the sacraments. So there are times when the church has understood the possibility that someone might um, set us like, you know, uh, have to sacrifice certain aspects of our normal daily life for the sake of some greater good. Um, and so that's a balance that we have to take on a sort of communal and personal level about mm. what are what is our role, what is the ethical uh, way in which we can uh, uh, apply our best human understanding and our best tools to these different uh, tasks, and how is it that we integrate the uh, our sacramental and religious life into those tasks in a way that is respectful both to the tasks themselves and respectful to our faith and what we believe. You know, uh, I was going to make the point. That every time I've heard about, I, I like to I like to watch the news when it comes to space exploration, and, and I'm very fascinated by that. But when they say, you know, we found a an, a near Earth like planet, and yet when you <laughs> discover, it's like, well, hold on, what about Earth exactly is this like? Because I couldn't go usually, there. Usually, usually that means it's 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 got water on it, and it's not frozen, and it's not evaporated. But you, but it's you like also terrain where you could have liquid water. You can't um, breathe the air. You can't get out, walk around. There's no food. I mean, you have yeah. to bring everything to survive with you, and the slightest little thing going wrong could kill you. I mean, yep. I know there's a lot of things on Earth that can kill me, too, but I can walk around. I can find food. I mean, so when they say it, that it, there's, it, it's Earth-like, I don't know that there's a single planet we've ever discovered that is truly Earth-like. Are you oh, aware no, of I any? Think, yeah, I mean, the idea, the idea that there would be, like, 
I mean, the millions of years of plant life that brought so much oxygen into the atmosphere that we could breathe. That's a whole other chemical question of, right. you know, the way in which we've been storing energy in the atmosphere for, for millions of years through all the, through, through, through photosynthesis. The idea that there'd be some place that we ready and waiting for us with a bunch of oxygen in the atmosphere, I think is, is, is a very hard, like we definitely have not discovered that yet. Um, and that'd be, yeah. So the idea that there's a, a, an earth like in that sense, I think is we're, we're nowhere near even <laughs> having quite the tools to figure right. that out. Right. I, but I, th- I think it's hilarious every time they tell us, yeah. so, oh, it's an earth like planet out. No, there isn't. We haven't found yeah. it yet. Uh, but maybe yeah. someday, who knows? Uh, last question as we run out of time aliens, where do you stand on that question? Father, <laughs> that? I, only the tough uh, questions today. Aliens. I, I, um, I guess the my, 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 my standard light on that is uh, I don't have strong reason to believe there are aliens. Um, yes, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of skeptical <laughs> of it for various philosophical reasons. Um, if there were aliens, it wouldn't it wouldn't you know shatter my faith or, or or ruin my picture of the world. I just don't see the point. I guess I'm not sure where exactly they fit into God's providential providential plan. Amen. Uh, and so uh, until I see strong evidence, I'm kind of I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold judgment on that. All right, that's fair enough. Praise be to God. I, I how demons? I think the demons harassing us. Uh, that's an <laughs> inside joke, by the way. All right, praise be to God. Father Thomas Davenport, uh, professor at Angelicum, thank you so much for your time today. We enjoyed our conversation about science, reason, theology, and philosophy, and everything in between. God love you, and God bless you. No, thank you very much. God bless. All right, that is going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. If you can join us in the next hour, we're going to play Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where prizes are given out. You could win. All you got to do is be a contestant, which I'll tell you all about in the next hour. If you can join us online too, praise be to God, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. A friend of mine said that his church takes the Bible literally, but that the Catholic Church doesn't. Is that true? Catholics actually interpret the Bible in a literal sense, while many fundamentalists, evangelicals, and others interpret the Bible in a literalist sense. The literal meaning of a passage of Scripture is the meaning the author of that passage of Scripture intended to convey. The literalist interpretation of a passage of Scripture is, that's what it says, that's what it means. Here's an example to illustrate the difference. If you were to read a passage in a book that said it was raining cats and dogs outside, how would you interpret that? As Americans in the 21st century, we know that the author was intending to convey the idea that it was raining pretty doggone hard outside. That would be the literal or Catholic interpretation. The literalist interpretation would be that were you to walk outside, you would actually see cats and dogs falling from the sky like rain. No taking into account the popularly accepted meaning of this phrase. No taking into account what the author was intending to convey. The words say it was raining cats and dogs, so by golly, it was raining cats and dogs. That is the literalist or fundamentalist way of interpretation. Now, if someone 2,000 years in the future picked up that same book and read it was raining cats and dogs outside, 
In order to properly understand that passage in the book, they would need a literal interpretation, not a literalist interpretation. Now, think about that in the context of interpreting the Bible 2,000 to 3,000 years after it was written. We need a literal or Catholic interpretation versus literalist or fundamentalist interpretation. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Good morning. Guess what? We've got a brand new teammate. We announced this on Friday, uh, and uh, today we are glad to welcome Janice. Janice, good morning to you. Thanks for being on our program. Good morning, Joe. Yes, thank you so much for having me. You survived your first hour of, of radio. I did. Yes, uh, it was exciting. Was it? <laughs> uh, a little frightening, yeah. maybe? Uh, it has its moments. Yeah, like it, like anything new, I think yeah. that's normal to feel, yeah. you know, just, it's all it's all new. So. Yeah, praise be to God. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> welcome to the team. Welcome to the deep end of the pool. Just ignore the sharks, is what I say, mm-hmm. and uh, have a good swim. Uh, speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning, good morning. It's good to be here. Yeah, praise be to God. Absolutely, praise um, be to God. It's good. It, we got to get back into the habit, though. I feel like... I still feel uh, like the cobwebs are there from last week, being off all week long. Mm. Yeah, last week was, uh, it was great shows, but you know, it's weird not being in the studio, so it's good yeah. to be back, back in the saddle. Um, oh, and happy birthday to my friend Deacon Luis today. So God bless you, happy Deacon birthday. Luis. Happy birthday. Praise be to God. Um, but yeah, the being back in the studio makes things a lot smoother. So yeah. it's good to be back. And, uh, hopefully we won't be gone for quite a while, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, now today, Janice, is your first ever Fear and Trembling game show. Yes, I've um, actually watched it a yeah. couple of times, and I've seen. So you got a feel for it. Yeah, I got a feel for it. Now, the so. one question everyone's going to want to know is, how tricky are you? Can you be trusted? And can, <laughs> or can they, or those watching are going to like be looking for your tells? Do you play? Uh, do you gamble at all? Do you play uh, poker or blackjack? Mm, anything like that? No, I I've played like. Um, um, like Go no, fish. like chess, like chess. Uh, so chess, chess? I, I like you, to play chess. Do you like wear the sunglasses and like lock yourself down so you don't so you don't broadcast your intentions to your opponent? Yeah. So I, when I do play board games, I'm yeah. pretty mis- mischievous. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Wow. Yeah. I played poker on <laughs> I played poker on Friday um, at church, and uh, Father really? took at everyone's church. money. <laughs> yeah, so everybody it was a twenty dollars buy-in, and we we played uh, Texas Hold'em. That's fun. And uh, father walked away with all the money. 
And we're like, <laughs> and he goes, uh, all right, guys, I'll see y'all later. I'll see y'all on Sunday. I'm going to go pay some bills. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Well, I think everybody's going to be looking for your tell. I think they, they, the audience pretty much feels like they figured Adrian out. Like they know. Impossible. Mm. They know he's pretty tricky and they, they've got his tells down, I think. So just fair warning, they're going to be looking at you, you for your tells. To see when you're trying to tell the truth or when you're you're trying to mislead them. But either way, we're going to play the game here at 15 past the hour. And uh, we have a brand new prize sponsor on board this week. We're very uh, grateful to them. Sanctus Company, uh, a Catholic apparel uh, company. They make uh, lots of things like uh, shirts and sweaters, things like that. Or maybe not sweaters, but sweatshirts is what I meant to say. But they're giving us a flag to give away. Not just any flag, but a, a Vatican flag. I actually used to have one of these, praise God. Uh, so you could win uh, a brand new 34-inch uh, Sanctus Vatican flag, and uh, we're very grateful for them. We'll be giving that prize out on Friday. Today will be your first three chances at getting in on the prize pack. All you have to do, dear listener, is be our first caller when we give out the phone number. Now, if you would like, you can find the phone number listed right on our website, you can find the rules and everything in between. All you got to do is go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Uh, there's a link at the top that'll tell you. You can click on that. That'll take you down to the game show, and you can find the phone number and everything else. If you want to wait on hold, you're welcome to do so. Otherwise, I will give you the phone number at uh, 15 past the hour, and we will play our game. That's what's on the docket for the first half of today. And then uh, in the second, we do an after show where we talk a bit more casually about what, uh, whatever is on your heart, whatever is on your mind. So the after show is coming up in the next half hour. So let's jump in and pray and get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the good news with Janice. From Cruxnow, a new horse farm in Virginia offers hope healing for special need children and their families. The horse farm has recognized that other families with special need children also were desperate for support and recreation opportunities for the whole family. From U.S. Catholic, young people are leading a new approach to campus ministry. Pope Francis called young adults to become protagonists of change. We need their leadership in the church with the right strategies and resources. The church can engage college students and strengthen a sense of Catholic identity at both the personal and collective levels. Small faith communities can play an important role, particularly in creating welcoming places to meet students where they are. From Catholic News Agency, Cardinal Burke is now off the COVID-19 ventilator and is back in the hospital room. Family says, praise God. From our Sunday visitor, Bishop says U.S. government must urgently act to relocate fleeting Afghanistans. This is a humanitarian crisis developing in Afghanistan. From National Catholic Register, the new head of Papal Foundation says its mission is to spread help, hope, help and hope 
funded by a $45,000 grant from the Philadelphia-based Papal Foundation through the Daughters of Jesus Congregation. The family was among 30 to build a secure new house. His and other families expressed their gratitude to the Foundation's global benefactors and promised to repay with all of our prayers, Lenny said through the Foundation's website. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a great Monday. The saint of the day is Saint Rose of Lima. She was born on April 20th, 1586. Saint Rose of Lima was born Isabel Flores de Olivia to a family of educated but impoverished Spanish immigrants to Lima, Peru. At her confirmation, she took the name of Rose because as an infant, her face had been seen as transformed into a mystical rose. She was pious from an early age, and at the age of five, she built a small chapel for herself in the family garden. When she made her first confession, she obtained permission from her confessor to make a vow of virginity. Rose had a strong devotion for Jesus and his Holy Mother and spent many hours praying before the Blessed Sacrament. When when St. Catherine of Siena, as her model, Rose fasted three times a week, offered up penances, cut off her beautiful hair, and wore coarse clothing. She frequently deprived herself of food, water, and sleep, and as a result of her exterior mortification, she had an interior mystical experience. For 15 years, she went through the dark night of the soul. Rose worked hard to support her poor parents, and she humbly obeyed them, except when they tried to get her to marry. For 10 years, she fought them on this issue, as she had secretly taken a vow of virginity at the age of five. At the age of 20, Rose joined the Third Order of St. Dominic and thereafter increased her penances as well as her good works. She moved into a small hut in her parents' garden and served the poor and the sick in a makeshift infirmary. Our Lord frequently manifested himself to her, filling her heart with peace and joy, leaving her in ecstasy for hours. In her last long painful sickness, this heroic young woman prayed, Lord, Increase my sufferings, and with them, increase your love in my heart. Exhausted from her many penances, Rose died of a fever and paralysis at the age of 31. She died on the 25th of August, 1617, at the age of 31, and according to legend, she accurately predicted the date of her death. Her funeral was a major event attended by all the city authorities. She was beatified on uh, by Pope Clement IX, in 1667 and was canonized a saint by Pope Clement X in 1671. Saint Rose of Lima, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 23, verses 13 through 22. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut the kingdom of heaven against men. For you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you traverse sea and land to make a single proselyte. And when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. Woe to you, blind guides, who say, if anyone swears by the temple, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, he is bound by his oath. You blind fools, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that has made the gold sacred? And you say, if anyone swears by the altar, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gift that is on the altar, he is bound by his oath. You blind men, 
For which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? So he who swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it. And he who swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And he who swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits upon it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Woe to you. Oof. It's like a fire hose, isn't it? Woe to you. But you also need to think that this is charity. Charity for the ardent uh, a sinner. Charity for the hard heart. And sometimes they need to be shook from their, uh, from their position. They need to be rocked in order to see that the opportunity at conversion, repentance, and mercy is fast uh, leaving them. And they need to take advantage of that. And sometimes, through the, the, whether it was the cord of whips that he used in the temple or here with the, the woes, uh, it's just amazing. Here's what Jerome said. St. Jerome said, Quote, again, if one swore by the altar, none held him guilty of perjury. But if he swore by the gift or the victims or the other things which are offered to God upon the altar, this they exacted most rigorously. And all this they did not out of fear of God, but out of covetousness. Thus the Lord charges them with both folly and fraud, inasmuch as the altar is much greater than the victims which are sanctified by the altar. Unquote Saint Jerome. What did you find, Adrian? Yeah, so there's a ton here, and I this is amazing. The um, Cornelius Lapide talks about the word woe. He says, Why did he use woe? He says it over and over again, and he says, Well, what is he talking about? What is the woe? There's an argument of woe could mean this, woe could mean that. It could be a small punishment, it could be a big punishment. What do we, does he mean by woe? Cornelius Lapide says, Well, if you look forward to verse 33, it tells you. What does our Lord mean when he says, woe? He says here, you snakes, you brood of vipers, how will you escape being condemned to hell? And so what is the woe? The woe is the condemnation to hell. So woe to those, woe to them. This is a terrifying accusation that our Lord is putting out there. Woe to you. And so uh, what else? Here's another thing. Cornelius Lopez says, by this meaning, whenever he says, I indeed open to all the kingdom of heaven, uh, for ye shut what I have opened, right? And so what happens? He says, you lock the kingdom of heaven before men. What is he talking about here? You lock the kingdom of heaven before men. What is that kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is very clear. But what exactly does it mean that they were locking it? Well, Cornelius Lopez says, that's actually excommunication. He said, whenever someone commits, uh, excommunicates someone unjustly without cause, they shut up the kingdom of heaven. He says directly, quote, they shut up the kingdom of heaven who excommunicate anyone without cause. I'm thinking of St. Joan of Arc. There are many saints who were excommunicated and, but they were excommunicated unjustly. And so where does that judgment land? That judgment lands on those who shut up the kingdom of heaven without proper cause, without reality. Now, St. John Chrysostom says the kingdom of heaven here is Holy Scripture. The door is the understanding of Scripture or, or Christ. And the bearer of the keys are the scribes and the priest. And the key is the word or the knowledge. And so it is through Christ alone, who is the key, that you can enter into the kingdom of heaven. For without the key, the gate is locked unto you, and you cannot enter. So I think that's very important things to focus on today. So woe to you, and woe to those who decide to shut up the kingdom of heaven. Did you just say woe to me? 
Uh, yes, you, absolutely. You, you, what are you too, man? Are you, what are you, me? me what are you, everyone? It's terrifying, scary thoughts. There used to be a, a rap song. It went like, whoa, I can't, I gotta, I'll have to look that up. Anyway, it is You're time. You're more hip than I am. <laughs> I'm also very old. Uh, praise be to God. Uh, we're going to play the, the game Fear and Trembling. That's coming up next. If you would like to win some prizes, and it's all easy question Monday. I mean, super easy questions today. 877-757-9424. Call right now. 877-757-9424. Call right now. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Call right now. We're going to play. The game is coming next. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and don't share with anyone what I'm about to tell you, okay? Just keep this just between us. But there are a few things we like to do during the game show segment. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions. And you may just learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God for that. 
We like to have a laugh, and our contestants tend to be a very uh, good sport and laugh right along with us, and we really enjoy that part. And then, of course, we like to give out prizes, which kind of makes it a winner for everybody involved. But here's the kicker. If you're just joining us, three Catholic trivia questions is what I have, but we do not ask our caller the questions. So the caller does not even need to know any of these answers to still win our game. It's that much fun. So the reason why is because I don't ask them these questions. Instead, I will ask Janice, and I will ask Adrian, and one of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. The caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more, Janice or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Now, this week's prize sponsor is Sanctus Company, a Catholic apparel company, but they also sell flags, praise be to God, and they've given us a uh, a Catholic flag to give away, a 34-inch Sanctus Vatican flag. I used to have one of these. I loved it. And, uh, And so on Friday, we will draw a name out of the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence, announce it live over the radio, and uh, that person will receive their Sanctus Vatican flag, thanks to Sanctus Company. And uh, and we're very grateful for their ver- their sponsorship this week of our game show. Their website is sanctusco.com, sanctusco.com. All right, so that is how the game is played. For those that tried to call in and you don't get on today, well, thank you. We're very grateful. Try call back tomorrow. I'm sure you'll get on if you call in early. Praise be to God. But let's go to Vicki. Good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God, Vicki. Where are you calling from? Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Radio. Nice. And uh, where do you go to church, Vicki? St. Luke's in Irving. Wonderful. Praise be to God, St. Luke's. I, I think I have been there, but it was probably 2012, last time I was there. So it's, it's been a, a day or two. Um, now, Vicky, have you been listening? Do you know how this game is played? Yes, I've listened since Emily and oh, wow. Janelle. Nice. Well, you've, now you've got, a, listener. you've got a new player to contend with, Vicky. Now, yes, and I'm the first one. You're the, yeah, you're the Janice's first victim. I mean, uh, contestant. On, on the game show. And, and Hi, Vicky. Good, to, sure good, to, go good well. to meet you. Good to talk to you. Good morning, my friend. <laughs> now, Vicky, would you have said Adrian or Janelle was trickier? Or you mean Janice? No, I, I'm wondering if she oh, okay. thought Janelle or Adrian was was trickier. Adrian. Adrian? <gasps> okay. okay. Ouch. Well, mm-hmm. let's see if that remains true with Janice's first game. Are you ready to play, Vicky? Yes, I am. Let's do this. I think they're all easy questions, though. Janice, we will start with you, as is our custom. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm positive. Okay. 100%. Janice, <laughs> can you tell me? Or rather, can you name for me the capital sin that is an unreasonable appetite for food or drink? Hmm. Well, I love food and I love drinks and I... <laughs> I can definitely attest mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. falling into this sin really? in the past. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Um, as human, mm-hmm. human nature, yeah. um, I would say that would be the unreasonable appetite for food and drink would be gluttony. Really? Gluttony. Hmm. Let's just see. Adrian, can you tell me or name for me the capital sin? That is an unreasonable appetite for food or drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be lust, 
you're lusting after food. It's kind of weird, but you know. know people do it. Have you? Uh, <laughs> I can smell brisket right now. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. brisket. I had brisket or, yesterday. Or fresh Italian bread out of this <laughs> out of the oven. Can you just? Can Bre- you smell I'm thinking that? breakfast tacos. I'm thinking breakfast uh, tacos right now. Barbacoa mm-hmm. tacos. What, did, what, what are we talking what are we talking, about? Here? What are we doing? Okay. okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Vicky, here's the deal. Vicky, here's the deal. Adrian says it is lust, but Janice says it is gluttony. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Vicky, what say you? Janice. Janice. Hmm. Congratulations. Got it. Got it. <laughs> yeah, of course it's gluttony. Good L- job, Vicky. Lust. You chose Adrian. wisely. Good grief. All right, you're, you're in the cup there, Vicky. Praise be to God. You, you might possibly win the Vatican flag. Congratulations. But let's see if we can't double your chances to win this week's prize pack. We'll go to Adrian this time. Adrian, uh, you're a double major. You ought to be able to answer this oh, question. Oh, yeah, I'm a genius. <laughs> Self-proclaimed. <laughs> what what three original languages are found in the Bible? I identify as a PhD, just for the record. Uh, <laughs> uh, the so that's actually a trick question. There's actually only one original language of the Bible, and that is the original English, just like our Lord said it. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. College was well spent for you, I KJV, can KJV, man. KJV. Yeah, you, good investment for you. <laughs> Praise be to God. All right, so uh-huh. uh, uh Let's go to Janice. Janice, uh, can you tell me, what are the three original languages of the Bible? Hmm. Well, interesting fact. Uh, mm-hmm. So the audience is getting to know me, but I actually went to grad school for biblical studies. Wow. And I remember my professor talking about hebrew aramaic and greek okay i I definitely remember that from my classes you didn't list english i'm just curious wow yeah that's kind of Mm. depressing that y'all didn't learn grad school the real Uh original Uh english (laughs) yeah uh well let's see here uh vicky let me summarize for you uh janice says uh that there are hebrew aramaic and greek are the original languages of the bible whereas uh, Brother Adrian Fonseca says it's the original English, and I, I want to say he said King James Version. Of course, the KGV. Um, so, who's right? Who's wrong? Vicky, what say you? Kenny. Survey says... <laughs> I mean... Good I had no idea how she could have guessed that one. <laughs> the thou protest thus too much. Interesting. Yay, interesting. Vicky. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing awesome, Vicky. Yeah. Two, you you two. never met those, uh, Vicky. Have you ever met those KJV onlyist? There's a King James only movement, and they say the original English, and they argue that there our are. Lord spoke English, and the Bible was written down in English, and if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Yeah, that's true. I have run into some of those folks. It's <laughs> it's a very interesting conversation. But Vicky, you're in for two. Praise be to God. Your chances are great now, but I think we can triple them. Are you ready to go? I am. All right. Okay, this could be possibly the trickiest of all the questions. Um, But I don't think it's too bad. We're going to go back to Janice. Janice, can you tell me? Who? uh, No, let's start over. Janice, St. Bernard wrote what famous prayer to Mary? Hmm. I'm actually not too familiar with St. Bernard. What? I do know that. Don't tell me you're another Dominican. Come on now. (laughs) But I do recall that St. Bernard had a, a great devotion to Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think his feast day is actually this month. Hey, now. Um, 
but I would say one of the most popular Marian prayers that I know is the Memorari. So okay. maybe okay. it's that one. The I'm not sure. The one we pray. Yeah, the one we on pray the okay. before. All right. Yeah. Well, let's just get a second opinion here. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me, St. Bernard wrote what famous prayer to Mary? Uh, that would be the Salve Regina. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Did he write it in English? No, or not, of course. In Latin. He wrote it in Latin, of course. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. He wrote it in 1013, if you want to be specific. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so Vicky, here's the deal. Adrian <laughs> seems to think St. Bernard wrote the Salve Regina, one of my favorites. And then, uh, but Janice is on the hook for the Memorari, another one of my favorites, actually. But who's right? Who's wrong? Janice or Adrian? Vicky, what say you? Denise. Are you sure? <laughs> Ow, wow. No one to go for me. I, I thought that was a great answer. Uh, man, you were quick on the, the, the bells there today, Adrian. Wow. Oh, I, think, I think Vicky's looking up the answers on her phone. I don't know. No, Vicky. No. I'm driving. I'm driving. Me. Well, drive safe anyway. Do you know who uh, wrote the Sava Regina, though? I just though? made it to my daughter's school here in Fort Worth. Oh, oh well, have a Christo great day Ray. at school. Praise be to God. Crystal Ray Fort Worth. Crystal Ray, Ray, wonderful. Praise be to Jesus. Now, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, Adrian, I think, kept his uh, kept his tricky moniker today for you. I think he got all three wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep an eye out on that guy. Uh, Janice, all three right today. Praise be to God. So your first game show, you survived it. Vicky, was, you are wonderful today, Vicky. We're going to put you on hold so we can get your phone number just in case. You, it is God's will that your name come out of the uh, coffee cup of divine providence on Friday. You'll have to tune back in to see if that's the case. But Vicky, thanks for being a lot of fun today. God bless you. God love you. Thank you, you guys. All right. Have a beautiful week. You too. We're going to put you on hold. All right. That is going to do it for the radio side of Monday uh, and uh, Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. If you can join us, we'd love to have you in the after show. We can uh, hang out with you for, I don't know, 15 minutes or so today. We have another program to produce at the top of the next hour we're going to have to get ready for. But we'll hang out for a little bit on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and on our own website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Robert Spencer is going to be our guest tomorrow to talk about the Taliban from a Muslim perspective and what we could expect there. That's coming up tomorrow. And then later in the week, Thomas Zordani. Zordani. Thomas Zordani is going to be our guest on Wednesday. All that and more coming up this week. God love you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the after show version of Catholic Drive Time, where we get a little bit more casual about our conversation. And uh, we only have 15 minutes today because Adrian kicks us off early because he claims he has something else to do today. I don't know. <sighs> Who knows what Adrian does? I mean, he can't even get the trivia questions right for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Janice, you're, you're welcome to your first, it's not technically your first, but your first official 
after show. Yes, it's my first official. Yeah, your, yeah. your, your first radio show <laughs> is in the bag. How do you feel? Uh, I feel great. Yeah, yeah. Def- definitely. I love, I, I consider myself a very adventurous person. So Good. I love Very's trying done. new things. I love, you know, I, I like to live life on the edge <laughs> in terms of trying live, new things. Live radio will cover that for you. <laughs> live radio will scratch the, the adventurous edge for you, for sure. <laughs> yeah, praise be to God. Well, uh, we're glad to have you on the team. Uh, Joaquin, good morning to you. Jesus Robles, praise be to God. Uh, Christopher Chance, good to see you, uh, my friend. Uh, let's see who else is here. I'm scrolling, scrolling back. Don, good morning to you, Don. Thanks oh, for is that Don Quintero? Um, no, no, that's uh, his name is Don Paddock. Oh. Don Quintero on occasion jumps on. Uh, Luz, mm. good morning to you, Luz. Praise be to Jesus. It's good to see you. Gloria, good morning to you. Lori, it's good to see you. Uh, Patty, always hanging out with us in the first hour. We love having Patty on. A buddy, K9, praise be to God. Good morning, Semper Fi, brother. Sonia Morales, good morning to you. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Over on the uh, over on the YouTube side, Mary Barone, Adrian, sit down. <laughs> wow. with, with what's, what's going on? I have to ask Mary, what, like, what did Adrian do? Is this because he's standing up or I'm not sure? A uh, 93, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Pocahontas, good morning. Jeff Burrier and the Burrier family, it's always nice to see you. William Hemsworth, good morning. William says, uh, welcome to the team, Janice. Oh, thank you, William. Uh, I appreciate it. Monica also welcomes you to the team. She wants to know if you were a movie watcher. Uh, yes and no. Okay. Um, okay. So <laughs> I, I'm sorry, guys. I, I should have asked this in the interview process. But tell me you've seen Star Wars, please. Please, please tell me you've seen Star Wars. <laughs> I actually You're have doomed. not. I... What? <laughs> we agreed, Joe. We agreed <laughs> that that would be a question you asked. <laughs> have you seen Star Wars? So okay. So the, the the truth is, I've actually tried to watch it. Oh no! This uh, is getting worse. <laughs> I'm this is not getting better. I'm having flashbacks. I think I'm feeling I really, a little flush I really at the tried oh, to like man. it. I really tried to like it, and I just I keep falling asleep every time I watch it. So oh. <laughs> you, you mean the prequels, right? Like that's what you meant. Prequels? Not you're not I like mean, a New Hope. You New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. You love those. Well, right? I don't even under. I don't even know oh. what that any Guys, of that is. What, what have we done? Uh, how? Mea I, culpa, Joe. Mea culpa, we we discussed this. Culpa. We discussed we this. Joe. I mean, we. I think I put we it had on a whole. We did like three though. shows on this exact topic. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't share the the same chemistry on Star Wars, but. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, God's divine providence, I guess. <laughs> uh, Maria, Maria Garcia, praise be to God, Maria, good morning to you. She says, there's no coffee. If an alien came down, just assume it's a demon. Yay and amen. Yay and amen. <laughs> praise be to God. Come on, man. I know it. It's true. Mike K., good morning to you. Uh, good to see you. He also welcomes you to the team, Janice. Uh, Scott, Scott Rogue, is, is that how you say your name, Scott? If you're still on with us, let me know. Uh, rogue, I think it's uh, uh, rogue. But good morning, and I think you're a brand new commenter. I don't um, know. I'm pretty sure uh, Scott is a brand new commenter. Ha- yes, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Thanks, Scott, for commenting commenting today. Kathy says, "Good morning, Catholic Drive Time. Have a blessed day. Yeah, we love it. Uh, praise be to Jesus. Thanks for hanging out with us, Christopher Velasquez. He says, "Welcome, Janice. Good morning." Thank you, Christopher. Uh, Mary Barone was was berating you earlier, Adrian, when you were taking the phone call. 
She oh. was she was chewing you out. I'm Why? Not, I'm, I don't know. She said, "Sit down, Adrian." Why? What I'm, did I do? I don't know. I have no idea. Mary, you have to tell us. She has, you have to tell us. Uh, welcome, Janice. She says, though, congratulations, Adrian. That pesky Jesuit <laughs> said, "Good morning, crew." <laughs> Which Jesuit? I don't know. A pesky one. A pesky one. Oh, they're mm. they're uh, pesky Jesuit. Oh, they're... he's an actual person. Yeah. Good morning, pesky Jesuit. Uh, <laughs> good to see you. It's kind of awkward to say pesky Jesuit. Oh, I love it. I mean, that that's not that's so uncharitable. I would never. Is it? I would never say something like that. Hilaric. So, what what spirituality do you identify with, Francisco. Joe? Uh, what are my preferred pronouns? Is that what you just asked me? No. So, like, uh, Adrian, <laughs> Adrian identifies with Dominican spirituality. But what would your uh, spirituality? I don't know, Adrian. What would you say mine is? Uh, Franciscan. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's obviously a uh, he's definitely in the school of Occam, obviously. A school of Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Franciscan as in like I, I, living in a very aesthetical lifestyle? No, not at all. And Joe <laughs> lives it up. He, you just see his BMW out back. It's like, it's, he, he drives like a... Are you out your mind? I would never drive a, a German engineered vehicle unless it was a Porsche 911 air-cooled. It'd have to be air-cooled uh, be the only way to do that. No, but Joe wears yeah. a, uh, a towel cross. Um, Tau? It's not a towel. Isn't that what it's called? <laughs> no, it's the San Damiano. Good grief. Dude, I'm and you eat sure. grasshoppers like St. John the Baptist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. uh, we should do that on the show. I've actually... You've eaten I've grasshoppers? Had, I've eaten grasshoppers, yeah. Uh, how, so, were they cooked or raw? Um, cooked. So like they yeah. were, uh, I guess, like sautéed in uh, and, and? Like, salt and lemon. And, and um, I think I was like 16 when I did that. So yeah. my dad took me to Mexico and I uh, tried um, raw, yeah, raw cooked um, grasshoppers. <laughs> Interesting I fact. I have no idea what's up with that. But I'm interested but, in making Adrian eat grasshoppers on the show. Yeah, I'm definitely not doing that. Come on now. But my, my spirituality weren't is they more. Locusts, though? They weren't grasshoppers, were they? Uh, they were locusts. I don't know. I was 16. I locusts, it's been a while. Which is so. much bigger than a grasshopper. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Although there are some giant grasshoppers. I remember the first time I was hunting in the woods and I came across a massive grasshopper. I mean, that thing had to be three inches long. I mean, just humongous. And I thought, what? That's, that's got to be an alien. It mm. had to be. had to be an alien. <laughs> uh, p- by the way, pesky Jesuit. That's a first time commenter, is it not? Yeah, definitely. Definitely a first-time commenter. Yeah, hallelujah. Praise be to God. From Abilene, by the way, former SDA, uh, the const- the uh, the constant anti-Catholic rhetoric drive me to it. Pesky, pesky, pesky. Uh, it says, love the show on the way to work. Thanks. Well, God, God bless, bless you. you, Jim. We're great. We're grateful you're here. Thanks for commenting for the first time. We love our first-time commenters. Uh, praise be to God. And I like your username. It's pretty funny. Especially, yeah. like, I just imagine you commenting on, like, different like, Catholic YouTube channels and be like, the pesky Jesuit says. <laughs> well, Mary says they served crickets and grasshoppers at VBS. Ew. Parents were amused or weren't amused? I'm, I would, my parents would be very upset. <laughs> I can't imagine parents were like, yeah, that's a great idea. Oh, uh, that's horrible. Oh, man. I Dios mio. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, praise be to God and all things. I'm, I have to switch back and forth here. Josh Patterson, good morning. Now, is Josh one of your roommates? Yes, Josh is one of my roommates. Uh, he, I got up and left, and I hope I didn't wake him up. I think I was able to sneak out the door without waking anyone up today. So, uh, morning, Josh. 
Now, and, uh, Joaquin yeah. says he's willing to give you uh, a forgiveness for not watching Star Wars, Janice, on one condition. <laughs> on one condition. What's the condition? You have to reaffirm your love for Lord of the Rings. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> We're doomed. So, so you watched that, right? I mean, like, of course, okay, so Lord of the Rings, I just, just want to say You've that all, I... Right? Yeah? I... Yeah. I'm a very... I'm a very mm-hmm. girly girl, oh, I guess no. you could say. Oh, no. um, so uh, I'm from I'm from a family of all girls. Adrian, are you ready? And I'm not ready. so <laughs> I didn't grow up with sports or any crazy masculine hobbies in the home. So these like action movies were uh-huh. not a thing in my home. <laughs> so <laughs> I unfortunately never I don't think I've ever watched The Lord of the Rings. I don't know oh, if I did. Wow. <laughs> See Joe, you and, you and you complain about me and my okay. my uh, opinions of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I know it's Catholic, right? It's like a it's the author Is it Catholic? Are, I'm not sure. The what? producer is Catholic. I, uh, what? Oh my heavens! So I know there's some Catholic symbolism to it, and so I yeah, I yeah, do yeah. think I mean yes, of I course. Just, I just haven't. Um, I, it's I essentially really, it's essentially yeah. uh, it's essentially a missile if you just yeah just, a missile. No, that's the thing. That and I actually so church. I went to no, I went to a Catholic wrong, film sorry. school, um, and I should I, know, I should yeah, know these things. I was going to say. I mean, I guess I took that for granted. <laughs> JP two uh, the great you know out in California, and they teach filmmaking there. Apparently, they didn't ask that on the entrance exam, I suppose. Nori said, no, not another Star Wars dissident. (laughs) And and Chris says, I would rather watch The Lord of the Rings than The Hobbit trilogy. And he said, the most important question for Janice, what's the greatest Christmas movie? Oh, Christopher goes right for the jugular, doesn't he? He doesn't mess around. Um, I would say, um, What a Wonderful Life. Really? It's a Wonderful Life. That's good. That's good. It's a good mm-hmm. choice. Name can, one other film that. Bert the Cop played in. Bert the What are you How old are you, dude? Yeah, that's it, It's a Wonderful God. Life, Bert <laughs> the Cop. Name one other film that actor was in. I have no idea. I have no idea. Wow, really? Yeah. It, Young Abraham like Lincoln. 80. He was Young also Abraham in Lincoln. He was also in Drums on the uh mm. on Never the Tomahawk. Never heard of it. Mm-mm. Drums along the Tomahawk. Mm-mm. Bert the Cop. Mm-mm. Great actor. Mm-mm. He that's is, his uh, name? His name is Bert the Cop? Well, that's his name in the It's a Wonderful Life. Oh. I have no, I have no idea who he is. Come on, man. Uh, Die Hard is probably one of the best Christmas movies ever, to be honest. <laughs> Die Hard. Why, why are you laughing? Dude. It's, it's a fact. I need These to are ask facts. more detailed questions in the interview process. This is, Clearly. This, <laughs> see, Josh, Josh said, uh, best Christmas movie is Die Hard, duh. And uh, Chris says, I was thinking Die Hard, but I'll give you credit for It's a Wonderful Life. See, both uh, Josh and Chris agree that Die Hard is the best Christmas movie. So, Hey, Seuss wants to know where you're from. I'm from Houston, Texas. From Houston, Texas. Yes, born awesome. and raised in Houston. But I do consider myself uh, secretly partially Californian and... Uh, Secretly, DC. why would you identify? I know, <laughs> like on purpose. Like, no, because I I lived I lived my young adult, my early young adult years in mm-hmm. California. So uh, going to college in California really shaped kind of who I am today. So I have a special love for Southern California because I lived there for like five years. Wow, I, I used to live there too when I served in the Marine Corps. So uh, there is a there is something to be said about California. 
mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Guess oh, guess who sent us pictures of of Janelle? Who? Um, the Burrier family. They ran into her at the oh, Polish Kids so Conference funny. over the weekend. Oh, that's so funny. I see it. I can see them. That's hilarious. Wait, what conference was this? The Fullness of Truth conference out in San Antonio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad the Burrier family got to uh, hang out with uh, Janelle a little bit. She was there for the weekend? Oh, that's great. Yeah, praise be to God. That's super cool. Sonia Morales says good morning and welcome, Janice. Yeah, praise be to God. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here, Sonia. (laughs) Uh, Buddy says... You at least watched the greatest Catholic movie ever, Braveheart. Yay and amen. Right, Janice? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you've watched it probably, I don't know, two dozen times, like like all good Catholics, right? So I don't... Oh, wow. I don't recall. Don't, don't, don't tell me what's coming next. Is You're, you're going to say you've never seen it. I don't think I've ever seen oh, that movie. Wow. I'm not sure. Yeah. So, okay. So here's. All right. What's your favorite film then? Favorite film ever? Favorite, favorite film ever? Ever. Mm. This is what happens in the after show. We talk about (laughs) pop culture and movies. Veggie Tales. (laughs) Jonah Jonah and the Well. If it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. Even if it has a monkey kind of shape. I feel like I'm disappointing your 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 the listeners today, Joe. It's a tough crowd. (laughs) It's a tough crowd. But what's your favorite film ever? Um. I wouldn't say I have like a favorite favorite film, but um, I I love particular genres of films. Okay, like so, I really love. Um, well, growing up, I really loved like faith based films. So my husband makes fun of me because he says like I lived under a rock, and <laughs> he'll like make fun of me and say like Oh, you've never watched these movies, or you don't know these <laughs> things. Like you lived under a rock. We need to get her husband on the um, show. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> and so it's. I've I've been told I lived under a rock, so I'm sorry. Well, I was I was a protected child. The good news is <laughs> Douglas says that this is one of the funniest CDTs. I'm going to like Janice. Praise <laughs> be to God. Yeah, <laughs> Mike thinks I need to assign homework. <laughs> you have a list of movies you have to go now watch. Uh, praise be to God. All right, well we got to say goodbye because Adrian apparently has work to do for. For some other show, he's double-timing, I'm just saying. Uh, but uh, welcome to the team, Janice, and uh, for your sake, the horns of the apocalypse. Jesus, no! <laughs> I tried to save her from that. Charity! Where is your charity, man? God love you all. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have a great lineup tomorrow. Robert Spencer is our guest. So God love you. God bless you. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. What are we talking about? Come on, man.
So, um, why don't, uh, here in a little bit, why don't we meet up at the uh, conference room, Jeanine? Mm -hmm. And we'll, you can move the laptop back there if you want, and we'll, uh, we'll start going over stuff. Yeah. What time are you, are you leaving today? Adrian. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so tell me how bad the background noise is because it's pretty loud in here. I think I'm gonna have to go out. Uh, not too bad. It isn't bad. It's it's good. It's good enough for me because it's like super loud. Someone's like coming by with like a huge uh, card and there are people talking, but it's not so bad. No, it's not too bad. I don't hear too much. Okay. Am I really loud? Okay, no. Okay, that's good. Okay, um, so we should be getting um, Matt dialing in in a minute. Uh, he's going to be, okay, I see him. He's Zoom. Here he goes. Okay. Good morning. Okay, good. good morning, Matt. Good morning, Matt. Don't worry, we. Dials are shut up. Screaming dials in the background. Okay. I am in the NEX, Matt, in Naples. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And I have, like, no charge left on my phone, so I'm at the charging station at the NEX in Naples. Yikes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Welcome to my life. But I now have a cat card, the photo of which is absolutely awful. Like, the worst. They're, they're, never, they're never any good. No, um, I had a really good one, I have to tell you. I had a really, really good one. <laughs> So mad. No, they're like, no, we have to take a new one. Got a blemish on my face from the stupid masks because we're having to wear masks at like 100 degrees outside. Yeah, awesome. why not? So, so amazing. So um, I want you to take the majority of, of like what we're talking about when it comes to Afghanistan in hand. Um, but I do want to tell a story on um, getting a turp out of Afghanistan um, through the use of the Vatican's embassy. Um, you know, the embassy to the Holy See, uh, the U.S. embassy to the Holy See got involved with trying to get a turf out for a U.S. Marine Corps officer who's like this turf saved him and a whole bunch of Marines. And he's been on the um, on the special uh, visa list for over two years. Wow. So, yeah, he got out. That's that's why. Yeah, he's the one I sent you to. But there's a whole list of others right now that we're sending because. You know, it's hard to get through. So it's really, we're doing drug deals right now to try to get people out because the way that's supposed to have been done was not done. Yeah, that's that's the way it is all over the place. The last week or so has been, or at least the last five days, has been anecdote after anecdote of people finding workarounds. Um, you know, I've, I've become personally involved in, in two cases. So what's interesting, I think, um, is the complete and total apparent failure, at least initially, of the U.S. State Department and the fact that everyone who has a connection as a veteran or whatever got after the problem, rolled up their sleeves and did what they could. Yeah, uh, like what we could do. But that, that's what I want to yeah. – I think what we want to talk about, first off, is the fact that there was no OPSEC in this. 
that yeah. they told they told the Taliban exactly the date that we were transitioning out. Like, what? <laughs> Who does that? Yeah, and then, I'm not surprised by much anymore. Um, no. there, there's, there seems to be a, a, an abject failure of, of uh, you know, no one having a plan. Or if there was yeah, a plan. He, says, he said, like, the buck, the buck stops here. I made the right decision. He's been saying it over and over again. We're going to, you know, um, Adrian, you got the you got that tweet that I sent out that has his, like, statement where, where you know, um, this 80, oh, sorry, CBS reporter at, um, said to to POTUS that like you know hey you know they don't there's there's a majority of Americans now in the last week don't think you're capable of continuing to leave this country and he literally laughed and then pulled out a note card <laughs> and just read off the dead and like the uh, the injured from Afghanistan and thinking to myself so there were two buddy, you were like BP. There were two clips there. You wanted to play the the minute long clip, the whole thing. Um, we can do the minute. Um, oh, yeah, the min- um, yeah, we could do that, um, and then kind of comment on that. It's important for people to hear what he said, and then the second clip that he said too. He's like, uh, history is going to look back on on this and say that I made the right call. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, I think. Yeah, we were always going to leave Afghanistan. This was always going to be decided by Afghans, uh, both in terms of the scope and the nature and the tone of their rule. We we knew we knew that, uh, and we knew we weren't going to establish Jeffersonian democracy. But what we were trying to do was give them a chance. And so, yeah, and- most, most veterans I, I talk to are, have mixed emotions on this: the frustration that they didn't stand and fight, but also the realization that we pulled the rug out from under them because they. They presumed in the nature and style of the transition that we had briefed them, uh, and then well, we just went over and ripped it out of the wall. Here's the thing, though, Matt, and we can talk a little bit about this, but I've seen reports out that the president, before he left the country, ordered his men to stand down and to disarm. Wow. Yeah, if and that's if that's true. the case, if that's the case, it makes a lot of sense. It bridges that gap. It bridges that gap between, and I saw a video of, uh, of an Afghan not not like handing over his his rifle to his um, superior officer. He said, "No, I'm going to die with my rifle in hand." I mean, yeah. it makes sense. It, it makes sense. Why did they not stand and fight? I really don't think they all capitulated all of their equipment. Do you really think the Afghans would be like, "Oh yeah, we'll totally hand over our equipment," like the army? No. Well, the Taliban, think, no. We're 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 still very early in the first inning of this. Um, and the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. Afghanistan yeah. is tribal. Afghanistan is tribal and will always be tribal. And it's been that way for millennia. So in right. looking at what's likely to happen um, is the Taliban are going to discover that having is not the same as wanting. And right. they're going to have to do something different than what they had uh, from 1996 to 2001. But it's got to be more than just a PR stunt. They're going to have to lead differently. Um, the, but they're the, trying the, to do the same, though, Matt. They're yeah, trying so, to do some, the same. some hey, are. Let's, let's leave some. Of, let's leave some of this for the for because I think sure. we'll go back and forth like this. You know. Um, yeah. Okay, so just a real quick before we get kicked off the you know in silence here, but. Um, I will make my introduction. You go into your introduction. I'm going to talk a little bit about Cardinal Burke and his health um, status and any updates that we have, which I don't believe we have an update this morning. Um, and then just kind of why it's important for people to understand that there's an OPSEC here 
as well. Like why that like you've got to respect the family when the family says we're not going to, you know, give updates every every day. You know, we don't have to do that. Um, you know, people disrespected that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit about that and why, you know, and those individuals who chose to disrespect it, do they really care about Cardinal, you know, work in the in the mean in, or do they care about clicks, you know? And yeah. then uh, we'll talk about um that'll be very, very quick. And then we'll talk a little bit about um, the green paths and what uh, is now being discussed in Europe and how that's going to affect travel um, potentially for Americans and um, some of the rumors coming out of DC about travel. Then we'll go to the withdrawal and do the majority of the time talking about the withdrawal. And I'd like us to also talk about like China in the mix, why China and the Taliban sat down with the Taliban. And then um, final, uh, you know, 10 minutes or final five minutes that we're, what, that we have Elon Musk and the, um, the launch of this like humanoid robot. I want you to talk about some of your work too in, in robot, yeah. robotics. Yeah. Cool. Well, that, that, that reveal was an actor, an actor in a unitard. It wasn't an actor. I know. Robot. I thought, I thought, yeah. no, but they had that, they had a mock-up of what the, what the robot's going to look like. As well, but the actor in the in the uniform was very clear. It was an actor. In the yeah. it was awful, really poorly done. <laughs> he, he didn't even go out and do the, the the robot dance, which I thought would have been really cool. No, like he Break just dancing. started like getting down and like yeah, it was awful. It was so bad. Um, I'm like Elon, like you have billions of dollars, could you've gotten something a little better, better than that? Um, <laughs> but, two minutes, you know. I'm, okay. gotcha. Two minutes. All right minutes um yeah but if you want to talk about your high school um robotics and what you're doing and we can maybe even land in like um you know that there was a, a homeschool mom but she's also like i think works for the department of defense um who got the the robotics team out of we can hit that uh, out of afghanistan the all female robotics team she was able yeah. to rescue them like a mother of like six or something like that who works for, um, who's yeah, in science and, and uh, had met them. Okay. All right. We're good. All right. Putting you all on mute and, uh, we'll launch the show in uh, 50 seconds.